Welcome to the second episode of the TSB podcast. Oh, now we have a TSB, like the science basement. TSB. TSB podcast. Something like that. Yeah, nice. And today is also a special day. Yes, because it is the Finnish Independence Day. Yay, which is also 100 years birthday for Finland. Yes, so it's a special year because it is 100 years. It happened on 6th of December 1917 that they signed the intent to be independent. Yeah, because, yeah, starting in 1809 and up to independence, Finland was part of the Russian Empire. And before that date, so before 1809, uh, the area that now is Finland was part, uh, was under the Swedish rule since at least the 13th century, so a lot of years, right? Yeah, so that's 500 years almost under the Swedish rule. What do we do in this special day? It's supposed to be a bit of a solemn day, although now it's becoming a bit more jubilant. So what people do is they light up a white and blue candle, like the Finnish flag, and they have two candles by the window. So it supposedly it's so that it was a way to signal to Finnish soldiers um, that that house that had the candles was welcoming, welcoming them and would offer a shelter for a Finnish soldier. And so, of course there's a, the famous um, 6 p.m., um, ball at the presidential house. Oh yeah, that's true. Will yeah. we ever be invited there? Yeah, so that's only for <laughs> VIPs. That's why Eric is asking. <laughs> we, we, one day we will one be day we'll be invited. One day we will be invited. Okay, but uh, let's introduce our guest for this episode. Who is gonna be Stephanie? So today we have Alok Jaiswal. He's a PhD student from the Institute for Molecular Medicine in Finland um, at the University of Helsinki. His work is using computational approaches to identify the genes that are essential for cancer. So basically, he's trying to find promising ways to target and cure cancer. Welcome, Alok. Thank you. So tell us about what you do in a bit more detail. So, so what I basically try to do is I, uh, I do a lot of data analysis. And so the data which comes from is basically from cancer cells and what people have uh, done is they, they've taken cells from patient tumors, people who have had cancer, and they grow them in petri dishes. They grow them outside the body of, of, the, of the individual, they grow, grow them in a lab. And uh, what, we've, uh, what we try to do is we try to understand the molecular characteristics of these cells which are grown in the lab, which are similar to cancer cells. And, and by using different experimental techniques, what we try to do is we, we inhibit or we stop each gene from functioning. And then we monitor what's the effect on the survival of that particular cell. So we have tons of data based on these kind of experiments. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to link which genes, if any gene goes like uh, it's playing havoc with cancer, then which genes become more important for the survival of the cancer. So if we know which genes are more important, we can specifically block the functions of these genes by using a drug. And then we can find a basically promising drug which can sort of kill cancer specifically. That's what the overall project is. Project uh -huh. that I'm trying to work So you on. actually work with you work with actual cancer cells. Uh, I would not say they are actual cancer cells. They're more like uh, cancer cell line models. So mm -hmm. model systems. Uh, 
because like like if you look at the tumor which grows in grows inside you know the cancer which really grows inside a human's body it it is a complex microenvironment there are lots of different kinds of cells over there they interact with each other and and it is like it is known that uh, like these cancer cells they do not alone play the role in terms of like cancer progression it's uh, interaction with the environmental cells around so what now what we're doing is like we specifically taking out these cells and growing them in a in a in a dish so we sort of miss the complexity of the environment over there mm-hmm. but still enough these are reasonable enough models to sort of continue and ask questions which allow us to ask questions because obviously it's not possible to study the um, i mean uh, like human tumors itself like i mean they're much more kind of difficult to grow outside in a lab but these cells are i'm unable to growing so kind of restricted but uh, uh, the research the state of research is is such that people are trying to uh, make ways to so as to grow these tumors outside in a in a dish as well so people are doing different research in that aspect as well so it's growing up but for now my research is sort of uh, based upon studying these particular cells cell lines cancer cell lines that's what i call it. okay and correct me if i'm wrong my field is so far from medicine but every kind of cancer is different from each other right um, or is there like a common like a common line under all of them so do you work with some specific like a uh, tumor or or like in general or do you have like the general model yeah so uh, i i am i am studying uh, sort of uh, i'm not restricted to any particular cancer type mm-hmm. but what you're saying is that yes uh, what we now know from a lot of genetic studies is that different tumor types they have different profiles of like genetic alterations for instance you would see that uh, let's say a lung cancer has uh, different kinds of genetic changes the dna uh, the the genes which are altered the profile of those genes are different from another uh, let's say a breast cancer or maybe a, a, a brain cancer glioblastoma let's say but the basic property of cancer cells is basically to uh, it remains the same the core philosophy uh, the core property of a cancer cell is to sort of keep on dividing and making more of its of its, of its own copies like make more of the cancer cells that's what their whole function of a cancer cell is designed to achieve they want to make more of them mm-hmm. what exactly is a cancer cell so in my understanding cancer cells are basically the cells which are anarchic okay so normally human physiology human body works in such a way that all these cells which are present in our body different tissues let's say they function together to achieve homeostasis it's like you know like let's say you have a liver you have heart all these are made of different kinds of cells right so these cells they function they work together towards achieving the function of that particular organ let's say so the tissue that particular liver is mostly involved in metabolizing all the nutrients that we have and uh, so uh, whereas cancer cells what they do is they completely disobey the tissues homeostasis rules and what are the rules existing structure out there their only function is that we are only going to divide and make more of us home what homeostasis what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> homeostasis means 
uh, sort of uh, like try to have a balance, kind of a hard concept to explain. The thing is, uh, so basically homeostasis would be in a general way, it would be like being able to maintain tissue function and like the whole physiological function, keeping that in balance and checks, sort of like trying to achieve that particular aspect. So there's a lot of communication going on within the cells in the tissue and you have to keep, you have to have a feedback circuit to keep everything in check so that things do not go awry. So kind of like that's what homeostasis is. Our tissues, our cells inside our body are functioning with each other to maintain and they're always like, you know, it's like a role of uh, cyclical process. Something goes high, something, they respond to something and then they again come back to their normal state. So that's what, that's like alternating between different states. So that's probably what homeostasis would be in my understanding. Okay. And so you said that the only purpose of these cancer cells is to attack um, cells that feel good, like the, the normal cells, and make them sick or anarchic, as you said, right? So they only their only purpose is to reproduce th- themselves or like attack the existing cells. They wouldn't attack as such, but uh, their purpose only is to make more of themselves. And in that process, they hijack what's uh, what are the resources that are dedicated to a particular tissue. Let's say a tissue is is a group of cells that are like lung, particular for that matter. There are different kinds of cells over there. They are functioning. They're signaling each other. They're doing a particular task. But then, what cancer cells will do is that you know, like they will just keep on dividing, making more of themselves, and they will hijack the resources that are being now. Uh, being given to that particular tissue like let's say we we gain all that energy from our like food and that so they will they, these cells will particularly hijack that particular aspect mm. yeah so the role of cancer in terms of like influencing the normal cells uh, in the body has not been uh, i do not know so much about like what's the state of research over there but what is definite is that these cancer cells they're definitely uh, their only purpose is to just divide more and make more of themselves, completely disobey what's the uh, existing tissue architecture. And your research focuses then with this, using these models, these laboratory grown cells to find cures for cancer, right? Yeah. So why do you need like a medicine or any way a cure instead of just cutting away the portion of tissue which is attacked by cancer cells? Yeah. So uh, people have done that. So surgery has been one of the major modes of, uh, sort of treating cancer. It's been historically, uh, it has been applied in a lot of solid tumors, specifically like breast cancer tumors, which are which are more like the, the so cancer can be divided into liquid and sort of solid. We use this term like specifically for tissues which are uh, which are inaccessible. Like let's say like you have the blood cancer, which is more like a liquid cancer. Whereas other types of t- uh, other types of cancer are generally called a solid cancer, so um, they, it has been applied um, extensively. Surgery has been applied extensively. For instance, back in the day, mastectomy, like removal of this of the cancer from the breast, was a very common mode of treatment, and and it is still to to the date as well. But uh, it is so that like uh, it also it also depends on the. St- stage where the cancer is diagnosed and how much malignant it has become. If you, if, you, if you are able to diagnose a cancer early on and you identify 
the part of the tissue which is specifically like uh, cancerous compared to the other part, then you can remove that smaller part. And uh, then you hope that the cancer cells are not there now after removing. Whereas uh, you still have, if it's a more malignant and you do not know how much spread the particular cancer is in that tissue, then even if you take away, there would be still some of the cells left, which will sort of like, it will grow back again. So, so the problems with that is that like, why would you need to invent sort of, why do you, why do you want to basically, what the question that you're asking is, why do you want to uh, design drugs that would specifically kill cancer? Why don't you use, let's say, very um, simplistic procedures like surgery? And that's the, the problem is that this is more invasive. I mean, obviously you're sort of using uh, surgery, which is like uh, so kind of difficult. Some some areas are difficult to access medically, clinically. I mean, for, for surgical point of view. Oh, so, yeah, for example, a brain yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. Or the blood. That's really. Yeah, and, uh, and is there uh, is blood cancer a thing? Leukemia. Oh so yeah, bone it's marrow true. Cancer. Yeah. I, okay. Yep. Blood cancer is also like uh, yeah, it's also one of the types of cancer. Mm-hmm. Or like skin cancer, probably. In melanoma, there's also skin cancer as well. Oh. Yeah, how would you imagine start cutting bits off? Of the, the skin. Oh, That's horrible. Yeah, okay. I understand why we need medicines. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you have... If you said that in your tissue, your cells are sort of programmed to do something, and then you have these cancer cells which are doing everything but what they're supposed to be doing, is there some way that you can tell the other or somehow tell something to attack those cells? To sort of that their mission would be identify them and then it kill them off. Yeah, that's a good question, and this is uh, what uh, there is in sort of a hot area in cancer treatment, cancer therapy, which is something called as immunotherapy, which is now becoming more and more prominent in the field of research of cancer treatment, and people have uh, found that tumors they are. Uh, heavily populated by a lot of immune cells. Immune cells are, are sort of like the cells uh, in our in our body which help us protect against bacterial infections and there are different kinds of uh, cells which play a prominent role in uh, the immune sort of uh, any infection and immunity role. But they find, they have found that uh, tumors are also having infiltrations of a lot of immune cells. And Apparently, what happens is that these cancer cells, they are able to specifically block the immune cells from being able to recognize them and being able to kill them. Oh, that's really sneaky. So what now, what a lot of researchers are doing is to blo- to stop that particular blocking function. Mm-hmm. And so as now, these specifically using these immune cells, now you can, they, you can prime them to specifically identify these tumor cells and they would they would only go and bind and like kill the tumor cells specifically but would spare the normal cells so there is this uh, as you said there is a field which is growing up and it is just very promising it's shown a lot of promises in clinical trials what is coming up is that if you use immunotherapy you have long-lasting effects so like one of the problems with using targeted drugs, let's say using medicines to kill cancer, has been drug resistance, like that the cancer grows back. So, whereas with immunotherapy, the promising side has been that people have observed, like these cancers, 
tend to go like away for a longer time. So mm-hmm. it has massive potential and it is picking up. So let's see how much we can utilize that. Oh, that's great. Manya, what you are saying is very promising, definitely. I think we managed to make good questions, which means we can go, we can switch to the game. Okay. The game part. So did we explain to you, Alok, how the game works? Probably. Did we? No. Okay. <laughs> Let's explain now. That's a probabilistic question. <laughs> <laughs> At least briefly for our listeners as well. Yeah. Yeah. We refresh also our listeners in case they didn't, what, I was saying watch, but no, we are audio only listen, yes. in case they didn't listen to the previous episode. So we are going to fill some categories and science cut. We still have to find a name for these games. Definitely. Yes, we yeah, we have to. We will one day. Anyway, we have five categories, and our guest will pick one random letter generated by a great app that Stephanie downloaded. We have to fill these five categories with words that start with that specific letter. And we have two minutes. And we have two minutes to do that. Exactly. So, the categories for this episode are going to be... And, of course, Alok, they are going to be modeled on your job or you know on your life as a PhD student and this kind of stuff so for you we decided to use number one things that are in that you can find in an hospital okay number two diseases mm-hmm. and you should be very good with these two let's hope <laughs> <laughs> third one activities for procrastinating mm-hmm. very good at that you're good. No, I think we're all good yes. at that. Like, I think it's a requirement for do for getting a PhD yes. at some yes. point. Yeah. Number four, ways to do science communication, mm-hmm. and number five, things you love about your job. So we can put papers here, probably. If we, it's okay. I can. If, uh, you can yeah. hold them. If you can click here to generate the letter. Did I? <laughs> oh wow! Q. 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 What? <laughs> okay. Oh. Well, I, pre- I I sense big fail, big no, failures no, for this for round. But okay, let's start. Three, two, one. Now. So I have to uh, fill each of these with that particular. Yeah, one? but we have yes, to do we'll it do together because we're okay. in science. We're in science. We call Q. Yes. Okay. Do so you know any disease with things Q? Things you find in a hospital with Q. Q tip. Q tips. Do we use? Do they use yes. Q-tips in, in hospitals? In a hospital? Yes, of course they do. Yeah, right? I would say so. Yes, why yeah. not? Q-tips. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting very good at this game. So this well, what's is. What's a Q-tip? You know the little for the audience. Well, that's that's an oh. English word, though, no? Yeah. It's a little ball of of, um, of cotton, cotton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. with a stick that yeah. you can use to clean your ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cotton buds. Yeah. Cotton yeah, buds. that yeah. one. Q-tips. Well, that's in, that's in every every household then. Yeah, but it's also in hospitals. <laughs> also in hospitals, I'm okay, sure. Yep. And diseases. With Q. Okay, that's a very, very difficult Q. one. Any yeah. disease with Q. Quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's a food. I don't know if there's a quick syndrome as well. Quick syndrome. Oh. <laughs> I have no idea. Q is Q-A. a very difficult Q-A. one. Quiver. Q. Q-I. <laughs> we all have different ways of approaching this. <laughs> You're ju- you're just trying every every to put that combination a, a, of yeah any combination of letter yeah mm, activities for procrastinating and yet I felt I was so good at procrastinating um, quick qu- 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 writing what <laughs> quill writing 
A quill is that feather pen. So quill writing. Yeah, so if you <laughs> use a feather pen, obviously you're procrastinating because yeah, yeah, you're writing different. poetry with a quill. Oh, yeah, mm. definitely. That's something PhDs do, of course, because we all have a feather yeah, pen. Yeah, yeah, that's what we do every day. Yeah. I wonder when I will finish my thesis if I go quill writing. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Things I love, you love about your job. Quasi neutral. I, I'm very... Oh, that's the alarm. I don't remember how to, how to close the alarm, but okay, it worked. I'm actually glad that this that this route is over already. I I will I would go for the next one. Okay, so we only managed two. Yeah. And I mean science communication we added it because Alok is also part of the science basement, so you're interested in science communication. Oh yeah, we forgot to say that. Yes. True. Alok is part of our the science basement mm-hmm. community. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello again. <laughs> But you're in charge of what section? Because you're you're really specified or really interested in one part of the science basement. Uh, yeah, so I, I've been more interested in sort of uh, in the uh, humans and science aspect and also writing as well. Uh, so, so yeah, you have been writing some posts for the blog or anyway, the website. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's, that's more my... Uh, and maybe also making videos as well, uh, like trying to come up with some kind of... Uh, but I have not been there, I've not like explored that territory yet in terms of like making a particular video, but... But it's in your head. Yeah, it's in my head as to make a video on a particular topic or let's say portray the life of a day in a lab or something like that. Yeah, cool. We can, we can make experiments and put them in a video in a fun way. So soon coming up, the Science Basement YouTube channel oh should my be on, God. The, on the line. Yeah, I'm not sure I want, I want okay. us to okay. be seen. <laughs> okay, so let's click. V. V. Okay, v, this, this, that's the next this, one. this looks a bit better, but okay. Um, timer starts in three, two, one, now. Two minutes, okay. Yeah, things that are in a hospital starting with V. V. I will think about other stuff. Oh procrastination. <laughs> okay, you think about hospital stuff, I think about procrastination. Disease. Vi- so, can you say virus? Virus. Virus, virus. virus is, is it a disease? disease. <laughs> <laughs> a viral disease is a disease. A viral disease. A viral disease. <laughs> there we go. Well, I mean, you can't call it. That's just, a, that's just any disease. <laughs> but it's... The... Yeah. Virus. Viral. <laughs> you think about that. I will procrastinate. Ways to communicate science. Videos. Videos. We just talked and about blogs. Yeah, vlogs. vlogs. And then there's vlogs, which are the video and vlogs. And videos. And videos. Yay. Yay. Which we definitely have to do. Not Things yet. you love about your job, starting with V. Vacation days. No, vacations. <laughs> yeah, of course. Vacation vacations, days. yeah. That's the, that's the day when you really love your job. <laughs> and the amount of vacations you get. Very interesting things we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what is a disease? I'm still wondering about the disease which. Uh, but procre- videos. Vascular, be- vascular something. Come on, you have vascular to explosion. Vascular. 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 <laughs> degeneration. Illness. Vascular there. degeneration. <laughs> <laughs> That's like any any kind of. Uh, uh, Vascular inflammation. I don't know. I'm just yeah, making it up. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a syndrome. It's not a disease. Hey, I yeah. want to propose videos also for procrastinating. Why? I procrastinate a lot on YouTube, okay? Yeah. No? You don't watch yeah. videos for, for procrastination? 
It's yeah. one of my favorite activities. That's true, that's true. I do too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So watching videos then. Yeah. Video watching. Because, video watching. Yes. Yes. Video watching. And things you find in the hospital. The... What? Oh. Vampires. Bladders. Vampires. What? A bladder. A bladder? <laughs> no! <laughs> well, it was like a surgery. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. The okay. only thing which came to my mind was Venn diagram. What? And it is. Oh, what is? The, what was the name of that thing that you are supposed to rub on the chest? Vapor rub. Vapor rub. Yes. <laughs> Vapor rub. Vapor rub. <laughs> Come on, don't they give it to us? That's true. <laughs> our, our views, Stephanie's and Erica's view of an hospital. The cure tips. The cure. Vapor rub. And the cure tips. Yeah. That's how the cure you. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, we're getting somewhere with this. Well, maybe the last and third round will make it better. We, we, yeah, we will open a great hospital, Stephanie and I. Yeah. yeah. We will hire you all. Still need to find a disease, though. Yeah, yeah. this is this is bad. Yeah, we you can a... only get to hospital if you have a disease. Mm, no. I well, don't... I mean, what kind of diseases would need Q-tips and vapor <laughs> <laughs> But okay, so viral viral disease. infection wouldn't that be viral? Inf- is that not a disease? No, oh, it's just, it's too general. Okay. Oh, there are re- so many different types of viruses now. Can you remind me the difference between a viral disease and a bacterial disease? There's a lot of difference. Viruses are completely different organisms. Than a bacteria. Yeah. So what's the main difference between a virus and a bacteria? The main difference between a, a virus and a bacteria is that uh, viruses, uh, they can basically... So they are sort of uh, strange uh, organisms. They're between the borderline of what some people would say, whether any, like, it's just a living matter or non-living matter. That's some... uh, So basically, viruses, they need a particular cell to replicate, make more of themselves. Okay. But viruses, if you just keep them uh, in a tube without any, uh, any nutrient as well, they can still survive. I mean, they, you can leave them like as particles in a particular tube and it would still be okay. And you just bring them back and then again expose them to a certain cell, they start growing again. Whereas, uh, like bacteria, you always, for them to be able to be alive, there needs to be some source, in like a medium where they need some energy. Oh, like the host. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, now I remember that. I'm pretty sure I've, I've done this difference in bio- biology class. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I used to know about the host because of movies and books. <laughs> so it's always like this host who's going to be the host. Like like alien. Yeah, something like that. So an alien would be like a bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> Science with movies. Yay. Yay. Okay, let's go for the third round. Yay. Let's go for the third round. You have to so look I'll look if you could um, generate the third letter. Okay. An easy one, please. Click. J. J. Okay. Oh, come on, really? Okay. Okay. Let's start. Three, two, one. Now. Yeah. J, disease. There must be the name of some scientist that gave the name to a disease, I'm I'm sure. (laughs) Jealousy. Ah, Oh, yeah. That's a disease, yeah. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Jealousy is a disease, of course. Oh, that's great. (laughs) We finally found one. Yes. (laughs) And things in the hospital. Jar? No, jar. What do you mean? Of course, jar. (laughs) Jelly. Jelly. Well, you know, because people get fed, right? Like hospital food. Usually they give you jelly. No, because it's soft and you don't have to chew. Yeah. The jam. 
jam or jam maybe that's too sugary that's like that's like the <laughs> that, that there is too much glu- do you think uh look that there is too much glucose in jam <laughs> <laughs> there is there is it doesn't approve but that's that's really jelly is is a typical hospital food because okay. i've been like i've had an operation so okay so jelly jelly so notice the things we notice in hospitals but yeah Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Activities for procrastinating using J. Ja, ja, jamming. 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 Yeah. Jamming. 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 Nice. But, yeah. And what do we love about our job? J. Journals. Journals. Free, oh, oh, journals yeah. that are open source. Do we actually journals love journals? Open source. <laughs> open, open source journals. It can't be open source. That's actually oh, yeah, it has to, so be has to be journals, journals that are open source. That are open journals source. with high impact factors. No. <laughs> Let, I, I vote more for the open source. <laughs> And ways to do science communication. With your... Journalism. Journalism. Yes. Journalism. No. Yes. Stephanie is... Yeah, Stephanie is, on, is lit on fire, yes. on fire. Which so just means that this is... Disease. No disease. Some Jack's Jelly. disease. Some Jack's disease or something. How about some... Can you have something with jaw? Yeah, um. jaw cancer. Yeah. Jaw cancer. There yeah. we go. What? A jaw, jaw cancer. cancer. Yeah, we cracked it finally. A jaw cancer. Jaw? The jaw, you know? It's written with a J? Yeah, it's J. Have oh. you not seen that movie with the... Uh, going up back to movies. Have you not seen that Jaws? The movie no, with the a movie. shark? Is it called Jaws? It's called Jaws. Da-da, Which is written with da-da, 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 da-da. Oh my god. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. We, yes. we finally so we, have a disease now. Jaw a... cancer. <laughs> that, is it a thing? It is a thing. Where does it develop? Like where where from? Like from, you mean on the bone? Yeah, in the bone. Oh, in the bone. Wow. Wow. Oh, so that... how do you realize you have it? Is it because you get lumps? And is it, dif- it is difficult to, to, to eat? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know what's the symptoms for, like, jaw uh, cancer. cancer. I I necessarily don't know. But probably it's, it's definitely maybe similar to whatever other cancers are. So, for example, like, as a female, they're always telling you you have to check for breast cancer, like lumps. So, are there really no symptoms? Would you not feel sick if you have cancer? Is it really that you have to notice changes in your body to know that you have cancer? Oh yeah, I mean this. Uh, it's it's like I mean technically the the cancer tissue is just uh, just growing unhindered, and it it's only like when it is re- reached a certain stage, then then it starts to take a toll on your system. Like okay. then only you sort of get all the syndromes okay. or the symptoms associated with it. But uh, and that's like uh, when when you reach a sort of. Uh, more higher stage in the okay. development of cancer then only you tend to sort of get these symptoms associated with it so yeah uh, if if we could find ways to de- detect cancer early on then um, that would be the best holy grail let's say like, kind of you know okay so now right now the only way to find any cancer would be like to have a complete checkup of everything possible like once per year yeah yeah But I don't know uh, uh, whether the diagnostics are there really to detect cancer early on. At, at such an early stage, yeah. Yeah, probably, yeah. So there are also these dogs that supposedly can smell. Is it? Yeah, Sorry? I have heard about that, but I don't not I cannot comment on the veracity of this. Okay, <laughs> I've heard that they could, like they could identify 
people with cancer. Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, yeah. everybody's trying to study any associate, association okay. with okay. cancer. So. Okay. Well, it's like, you know, there's also dogs that have that work with people that have seizures, like um, uh, epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Because they can also bark right before you get the epilepsy. I don't know how that works, but I had I have a uh, I know a, a guy who has epilepsy and he has a dog. So I don't know. Are there two things correlated? We will never know. It's supposedly he got it because of the epilepsy. Uh huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I have never read anything about this. So I. I yeah. I don't want to spread fake news or anything. <laughs> I was just trying to see if anybody knew. Okay. I think that we are going towards the end of this episode. So. Yeah. Ah, look, thank you very much for, for educating us about about cancers and cancer cells and the anarchy of tissues sometimes, right? And we can go towards the end, the final part of the of our episode, which is the science anecdote. And this time Stephanie will tell us some interesting story. Okay, so because uh, Alok, you are working with the um, computational uh, approach to looking at cancer. I was thinking that it would be very appropriate to mention today Ada Lovelace, who is considered or um, attributed as a first computer programmer. So it's actually a female, so I'm very happy to say that. She was born in 1915, and she died 36 years later, which is quite young, but um, I guess not so much. She Oh, actually, she died of cancer. Yes, she died of cancer, and her mom died of cancer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. I forgot about that. Uh, some u- u- uterus cancer. No. Okay. Anyway, a, tr- a sort of cancer. She is a mathematician and a writer, and she is known uh, again because of this uh, being a computer programmer because she was working with Charles Babbage um, with his design of the analytical engine, which is basically the precursor to our computers. Um, basically, what Charles Babbage and his um, model of the analytical engine and the yeah, he, he designed a machine that would be calculating and would be able to solve mathematical problems. But what is attributed to her is that she could see a little bit beyond that and she would predict that we could use these machines to compute and to also design and create music and just go far more so the capabilities of the computer would be more related to the computers that we know now. So that's really impressive. Um, she was translating a paper from Itali- from uh, Italian to in- to English, and she during she made some notes going with that translation, and those notes she later published as well, and those would be the ones that would attribute her as a first computer programmer, because there she wrote what would be the first algorithm, so that was very uh, that was very cool of her. What's also interesting is that she's a daughter of the very famous English poet Lord Byron. And um, he left them, the mom and, and Ada, when she was only a couple of months old. So the mom didn't want her daughter to be this very, as she thought, a bit mentally disturbed uh, poet. So she didn't want her to follow in her dad's steps. So she, she taught her from, early, from an early age a lot of science and math, which was impressive for a female at that time. So she was really, um, she was really good with math and science. Um, the mom as well had been taught uh, a lot of science and math. So that's, um, I, I found that impressive. Um, the the poet, Lord Byron, actually referred to her in one of her poetry, uh, as the, to the wife, as the princess of parallelograms. 
Uh-huh. So she was very, supposedly very, uh, as well, like methodical and scientific in her way of being. So this little girl grew up um, with that, but she didn't give up in uh, completely the arts and the poetry. So she, she's also, um, she was also promoting poetical science. So it was a way of, of seeing far beyond just a very focused science, but opening it up to, to be more flexible and to, to see things in a broader, uh, more extensive way, which allowed her to see the potentials of, of a computer. So that was very cool. One famous quote that she wrote to her mom in a letter was, if you can't give me poetry, can't you give me poetical science? And I thought that was a very way, very nice way to finish this anecdote. So poetical science, what would that be? Well, as far as I understood, she was really, she was really interested in arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and she really, and, and imagination and just being creative with her, with her science as well. And she thought that would be a way to really understand just even the scientific concepts if you were if you weren't so rigid and so and so well not so narrow-minded in a way mm-hmm. but to really open up to the possibilities of what's out there yeah it's like seeing the art in the science yeah which i, I mean we i think we're all three here very very much into that and so basically now all this all the work uh for, done by ada lovelace kind of opened up what Alok is doing right now. Yes, exactly. So, well, you know, in addition to the fact that she did die of cancer. And yeah, and then she died of what you are doing right now. <laughs> yeah. But she, of course, she, she was one of the first ones to see computer, computers to, um, to, to see be able to do to what you're doing, which is like visualizing. Yeah. yeah. To see computers as friends. Actually, she wrote something about artificial intelligence even back then. Uh-huh. She wasn't into it. I, I don't know the details, but she wrote, she had a quote, something about that she just didn't see artificial intelligence happening because she wouldn't see a machine as really creating something new, but simply limited to, to, to doing whatever we are, like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be able to surpass our instructions for it, of what it could do. Mm-hmm. So beyond whatever we're able to program it, it wouldn't be able to create. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which, which I guess is not the case anymore, how we see artificial intelligence. But, but she was already talking about this as well. I'm not very updated about the last uh, public thoughts about artificial intelligence, but yeah. Yeah, me neither. I, I only heard that uh, Elon Musk is also working on... Yeah, I think a lot of people are working this. on that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. One, day we'll, one day, guys, we will all be... In a, uh, inside a computer? No, I was being... With, with, no, it will just be like uh, jobless and, and computers will be doing all the work for us. Also, the idea that we are also becoming better, not better, but more uh, superhumans if we are integrating ourselves with machines. Yes. I mean, I see uh, artificial intelligence can be used for enhancing human capabilities, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm opinionated or biased. I somehow think that uh, I don't think there would be a replacement for the human consciousness in terms of like uh, a computer being able to process and have the same consciousness as a as a living individual like a human and being able to because I, I so like my basic contention with the AI way of thinking is that uh, these are designed to achieve certain functions and I somehow see that the the human processing, the brain processing and consciousness does not 
limit itself to only one particular function. So I somehow am skeptical about AI really being able to conquer uh, us. <laughs> conquer us. We can definitely use AI for enhancing human capabilities and being able to achieve but not replace of, us. Not replace it, not completely have a mind on a chip as so as to like I think that's one of the implications this scene like AI like you can have a brain on a chip. And I somehow think that that's not achievable. But but that is an issue though. I mean the the idea that we're going to have really specialized work I mean that you have to be really good at or specialized or offer something that an AI wouldn't be able to to have in order to have a job. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's a bit uh it's definitely I mean of course I mean of course in our work like well of course we have to do something more than a machine of course there are some like automated routines that a machine can do but then as a scientist you have to have that that buzz or, like, and, yeah. yeah yeah that buzz that like goes over uh, the state of the art sure so but, but other jobs of course. yeah yeah for other jobs yeah of yeah. course but but yeah so thank you for the story Stephanie and remember that if you want to write to us, uh, you can write at thesciencebasement.helsinki at gmail.com and you can, of course, ask questions to our guests and we will just turn them uh, to them and then give you an answer or you can suggest other subjects you want to hear about and you can follow us on Twitter at science basement or on instagram at science underscore basement so that's the end of our second episode uh happy independence day and we'll get back to you on christmas day for our third episode a bit before christmas day. A bit because before, on yes, christmas day oh. we will be eating a lot i guess yeah that's celebrating true. and opening presents yes that's true that's true but we will have a special christmas episode for you yes. so if you want to know more about snowflakes tune in yep and thank, thank you, you Alok. For, thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Bye. See you Bye. doing. The science